0: everyone and welcome to a special edition of the neil haley show i would call it a business profile uh interview one of the things i talked about in 2019 is we're going to kind of change a lot of what we've done in 10 years or we've done and tried (laughs) in the way of creating shows the way we're going in radio and in podcasting is for subjects that most people don't like to cover They want to just cover what's hot in the news for the first day or something, or second day. And that's not what people are are entertained by. They're entertained by stories. They're entertained by great concepts and excitement. I'm excited to welcome the program, Don Emilio Zeno from Call Centers Plus. How are you, Don? And uh, excited to chat with you. Uh, We have worked together. We have a lot of fun little stories that we could tell uh, about each other. But thanks for coming on the show.
2: I thank you for having me, Neil. Um, It's been quite a while and um, from since the first time I met you and, uh, you know, when I think back, we've had a lot of, uh, you know, pleasurable moments and um, I appreciate uh, this interview because uh, I've got a few things I want to share with the public in general. Um, Understanding that I'm very proud to say I'm all about business ethics. And, um, and by the way, uh, the customer is not always right. And by the way, I'm not always right. It's, it's, it's a matter of listening and business is give and take. You can't always take. You have to be able to give in order to receive. Anyways, enough said on that.
0: Exactly. And when I met you, and this is to kind of put over the first question we're going to talk about, you mm-hmm. are—you had a show, VIP Business Talk Show, and I was really not even a business person when we first met. I mean, I had a radio show, I had a tutoring business, but I really wasn't in the entrepreneurial game like I am today. Uh, so I really watched and listened to you and said, wow, this guy is somebody... That had a really, really good show that was able to talk about specifically what was happening in business right now. Even though you're not from the United States, you were able to really talk about what was happening in business in the U.S. and throughout the world. And you had great knowledge and great guests, Don. So that's one thing. But tell us how you kind of got into this whole thing. Tell us a little bit about your sales and marketing skills.
2: Well, my background is definitely sales and marketing I've got to confess I don't have a university marketing degree. I have a self acclaimed street marketing, which uh, I've paid the price, I've paid the dues, and I cater mostly to the small business people, entrepreneurs that cannot afford the large marketing houses, you know at uh, at uh, three or four hundred dollars an hour type of thing. So a lot of the small business people come to me for advice. And how to set up their sales force, how to, you know, cold call, how to use call centers. And, of course, I specialize in call centers. I've been in the call center business now precisely 20 years since 1998 and on my own since 2003 as president and founder of callcentersplus.com, callcentersplus, and, and I keep repeating it, uh, centers spelled with an S, And it's spelt the American way. Now, why you mentioned something that intrigues me, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. 90% of my business still comes from the States. I only happen to live in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, but make no mistake, 90% of the business comes from the United States of America. And uh, um, as much as at times, you know, people complain about Americans you know, being the big bullies and so on, America has been very, very good to me in the last 20 years. Uh, it's made me a lot of money and I take this opportunity to say, thank you, America, for, uh, you know, uh, seeing something in me. So... Uh,
0: yeah, and that's that's the important thing. And you made a great point about uh, specifically America and the United States and opportunity. And yes. opportunity is what is all about business. Somebody has an idea and could try to come up with a great idea and go for it. And there's some that fail and some that do well. And that's what makes an entrepreneur. Somebody that takes a risk, a calculated risk, Mm -hmm. evaluates it and does it. And so many people fail in entrepreneurship. So kind of explain, you know, in so many ways, how you're able to take business opportunities and say, this looks like a great opportunity and how you weigh those opportunities when you're marketing for a company.
2: Well, Neil, you you know, we met through the VIP business talk show uh, six, seven years ago, and uh, you have to appreciate that the majority of business people would never, ever get a chance to be on any talk show in the prior years. I'm talking about terrestrial radio, which I've done for about two and a half years with my own show uh, and so I saw a niche and, you know, wanting to have this own show of mine in order to be able to promote the small and medium-sized business people who are not necessarily your rich and famous celebrities like you're accustomed to doing. And then and, and that's how we met, because you were interviewing rich and famous people, and I was interviewing your general run-of-the-mill entrepreneurs. And then we, we, we sort of saw a plausible partnership, and that's why we're still here doing business together six years later.
0: And that's so key. And your right point about it is that we were interviewing. And that's an, that's an interesting thing because we get to learn from so many people. And that's, you talked about your sales and marketing skills, and we're going to have to get, go into more detail, your experience in Call Centers Plus. But getting to interview all those people on VIP Business Talk Show, even though they weren't the rich and infamous or famous, world famous people that I have gotten the opportunity to interview, even at weeks that, you know, where I'm really so busy, I don't have even time for celebrities because I'm a celebrity myself, like interviewing <laughs> someone from LA Law, one of the best shows ever. That'll be Friday on my show. And then when I have work with NBC, I'm very very choosy about who are my guests on the show. They got to be quite interesting. And that's where I talked about how I even evaluated in a radio business for 10 years, what really people want. It's not always a celebrity. It's always a story. Tell us, you know, you learned a lot from interviewing people too, right? In your years in radio as well. You learned things that could help these small businesses or medium-sized businesses that have no marketing skills at all. They just have maybe some money to throw at it and an idea and really make it go forth.
2: Well, basically, basically when I approach people uh, in the past, uh, I asked them a, a point blank uh, question. Uh, are you satisfied with the amount of business uh, that you have on hand? And they look at me as if to say, this guy's weird. Uh, of course not. Nobody's satisfied. We always want more. It, it's, it's, it's not necessarily greed. It's called ambition. We want more. We want to grow our business. All right. So how do you grow your business? And that's where they stare at you. Like a, uh, a deer in a headlight, you know? <laughs> so what happens is that I say, all right, uh, do, do we have a small budget of some kind, like even a $1,000 just to get you started and kind of feel the waters? And if it works for you, you'll come back to me and say, Don, it worked, I'm happy. I got some prospects. I got a client, I got a sale. Uh, and then, of course, they'll come back and say, all right, where do we go from here? Well, the sky's the limit. And, um, and then, you know, when they hear about guys like you, Neil Haley with, uh, you know, syndicated across a hundred and circa 30 stations across USA, well, that impresses the bejesus out of them because I, I, I never was
0: that popular. like right, right. And it's very interesting that I had that syndication even before I really hit the big time celebrities. And yeah. so, and the, the, the celebrities come and the celebrities go, but I will always have that audience, And we have found ways of creating new audiences. One of the discussions I was with my board this week, we're talking about, well, expansion for my radio show and television show. Well, we need to utilize a lot of our social media experience as the best digital marketers out there in Mm -hmm. the world to say let's take this to the next level let's take this stage to the next level with shows that i'm bringing on board and a lot of it has to do with your advice i mean you brought we're bringing in files disclosure on this network and if you check out my facebook page just our pilot show is over two thousand views already and i haven't even gotten into every different ufo group out there it's a niche environment now People don't want to hear the same old, same old on the radio. Even I I hate to say this when I do these eight-minute celebrity interviews. Yeah, it's fine. I've interviewed that person. But ultimately, it's the same old, same old. It can't be. And so when we talk about marketing and we talk about business, it's got to be something different. And that's where you take those opportunities, Don. You don't always go to a business and say, you're like everyone else down the street. You're not going to work with them. You want something niche, right? Agreed. Agreed. So, you know, with the
2: powers that be, I mean, terrestrial radio stations still have a stronghold in the radio business. Don't forget, they've been around for 90 years now. And um, but make no mistake, the future of radio is internet. That is the future of radio, and it's just a matter of a couple more years and a lot of these terrestrial radio stations have integrated into internet. Why? Because people, unfortunately, don't like to listen to live radio anymore, like rushing home or you know, rushing in their cars in order to listen to live radio. What they wanna do is to be able to listen to an archived show at their leisure, whether it be right after dinner, two o'clock in the morning where you got a lot of the older people my age that suffer from insomnia. So what do you do? You'll get up and st- instead of staring at the ceiling and you'll listen to Neil Haley for about a half an hour, that'll put you to sleep. I'm just <laughs> <by the way. laughs>
0: no, but I think we're going back. And if we look at history of radio uh, that how it used to be like a fireside chat, it wasn't about the most outrageous news. It was about a story. And we're going back to the days in the 40s and 50s where it was all about stories people were listening on the radio. They weren't really listening to the news like how these talk shows where people just spew crap out every second. Mm -hmm. They listened to fireside chats. So that's where I think the podcast and also radio where we have a conversation, not, okay, it's time to take a break. No, let's have a story. And that's where I think social media and all these different things, radio will never die. It's just going to have a different life span and it's very interesting. So let's go really quickly to what was your most successful business venture today? Would you say it's call centers plus or do you have some other, another story?
2: I would say call centers plus because that was the bridge which allowed me to go out and seek out new opportunities. And by the way, the radio was really a complimentary service that, that I identified 12 years ago when I started on terrestrial radio. Um, Because of the fact that people needed something extra in order to podcast on their website. So for example, I'd go up to someone and say, listen, for as little as $1,000, I'm talking about 12 years ago, things may have changed now. For as little as $1,000, I'll be able to do a 30-minute interview on you and podcast it and put it on your website. Well, guess what? while people are listening to that interview, they'll be able to stay on your website a little longer than your average 3.25 minutes, which is a proven figure uh, that I didn't make up, but a standard figure of the amount of time uh, people will stay on any website. Because let's face it, there are literally billions of websites out there at all times. Be as in Bob, mind-boggling. So if people take the time to listen to the podcast, it's because you're offering them valuable information. And then while they're listening to the podcast, they'll be able to multitask and, you know, again, peruse your website or do some accounting or look at something else. So I really, truly believe in the power of internet radio. And that's why I moved into it. 10 years ago, I was a little ahead of my time. Uh, As you know, I owned and operated VIP Internet Radio, and I had spent a lot of money, to be perfectly honest with you, but I didn't have the experts to guide me into the future, guys like you. I mean, I've only met you uh, six years ago, and we have other projects on hand, but now I really, really feel that, our partnership will go a long way.
0: Yeah, I really yeah, do. and I believe that too. And I think it's a learning experience, and it's a very interesting experience. And what I've done is interviewed so many people, and I've learned well what is what is important in doing this. Is that we doing this for fun? Or are we doing this to make money and make? No, it
2: no. Fun? As a matter of fact, you know, you know, there's a few people. Actually, I just one guy that I know. Hey, Don, when you're going to bring back your, I'm done. I I don't want to, I don't want to be a host any longer. I now want to be able to co-produce shows with guys like you and other people. And believe it or not, I want to be able to sell advertising. And I want to talk about advertising because it's very important. Folks, forgive my radio face, but I'm trying to be funny. Uh, But here's what I'm saying. I mean, everybody loves content. But who's going to pay for content if you don't have advertising sponsors? This is where it's the question of the ages. Why do people complain all the time? Oh, crap, advertising. Well, you know what? You need advertisers. And advertisers are proud to be able to go and get that people traffic. And this is where we can prove to the people using IP information and say, hey, the Neil Haley show commands a minimum of 300,000 real listeners per week. So if you want to advertise on his network, here's what we can do for you. And if you don't like your conventional way of advertising, like, you know, 15 second or 30 second commercials, but well, we can do a, a live commercial where Neil Haley is saying, by the way, this segment of the Neil Haley show is being brought to you by callcentersplus.com. Callcentersplus.com, center spelled with a an miss. And guess what? That is perpetual. That is long lasting. That it can never be erased because Neil Haley did what
0: we call That's- live commercial. That's why it's on podcasting everywhere in different yeah, uh, situations. And it's very and, powerful. And then the other thing that we offer, which again, most people cannot do social media. I'll keep talking about this again. Most people cannot do social media. My following is gigantic. And it's not to the point where we're using skin and things like that. That's the only people that have a bigger following than me. And you know why they're watching it and listening to it or following it, but I'm providing great content and have a great following and we're going to be posting so that you get X amount of impressions as well. So when you advertise on the Neil Haley network, you're going to get the social media, you're going to get the YouTube, you're going to get everything, all the ball of wax in one interview or a sponsorship. And that's exciting. And that's stuff that again, through our uh, venture with trying to re uh invigorate vip internet radio we evaluated don and i that i'm worth more than them and it's because of what i've done and the work i've put in i just really quickly to show that there's these fly by nighters here's my description of my show independently versus the other people that have their own show if you're not making money in your show stop doing it And this is what I talked about in professional wrestling. When I would go and get paid to do every show and sell merchandise and guys were working for free, I said, what are you doing it for? Well, the same thing here. If you're going to put so much time and effort into a marketing plan that's providing you and not Bringing any money, it's not worth it. And throughout my ten years, I've made money in radio. I'm very proud of it, and I know they'll make more. And that's the entrepreneurial mindset of where we're going. So let's jump really quickly into now. You know your your whole life, call center plus VIP internet radio, uh, interviewing very interesting people to you know hitting the pavement. You have written a book. Can you tell us about that?
2: I will. But before that, I just want to make one thing clear for our listeners and future listeners, from here on, uh you are the host. I mean, I had to, I had I mean, I'm not embarrassed to say it. I'm 20 years older than you. And I want to be able to say Neil is definitely the guy that I'm proud of that will be able to take my dream to the next level. I no longer seek fame. I do still want fortunes. But I don't seek fame, and and I'm not saying that you're seeking fame. But I, sure,
0: I would tell you that I'm I've really taken a step back as well. I mean, I can interview celebrities all day long. What, you know, I know, money, but
2: because that, money, of, yeah, right. Because of that reputation, I found the guy that's going to take my dream of uh, the yesteryears of wanting to be a radio host at the next level. If, if you understand what I'm saying, oh, I can I'm satisfied you. with that. So I <laughs> want to work with you in co-producing new shows where people that have budgets w- which allow us to produce co-producer shows like Victor Janney, you know, Files of the, the Disclosure Agency, and of course, I want to be able to help with the advertising sponsorship sales because I know the radio business. I know how it works. I know how advertising works. And folks, you gotta believe me. It's like the famous saying I've always had. You can have a restaurant that that costs you $5 million to build, but you're in the middle of a forest out in the boondocks. Nobody knows where it is. How long do you think that restaurant will survive? And, and then that's easy to say.
0: And it's so true. Yeah, it's absolutely
2: got Literally tens of thousands of restaurants in any major city across North America. If you don't advertise that you exist, how the heck do you want people to come and try your food and take it from there?
0: And the thing that you bring to the table is that we have three different areas uh, of broadcasting. I'd say four different areas of broadcasting, and maybe five. We talk about just social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and promoting your business on that. Then you talk about YouTube as a a channel. And then after you go through YouTube, then you're going to talk about podcasting. You're going to talk about terrestrial radio and you're going to talk about internet radio. And I'm an expert in all these areas. And Mm -hmm. that's the difference. The difference is you go on another show. Yeah. You're on my show at XYZ station in Chicago or New York or LA. Absolutely. But they're forgetting about you. And what we want to bring to the table is something that I remember a guy that offered me a contract last year. had a great idea. Let's make it infomercial in certain ways, but entertaining. Well, guess what? He did nothing. And that's always we get these flybyites throw you a contract saying, hey, by the way. And guess what? They're full of they're full of you know what. And that that goes back to the video that we started the show before our interview that we'll be playing on all the networks. And that and I, I want to address that at the end. So let's jump really quickly next to our next thing about you writing a book.
2: Well, the book, don't get scared, folks, but here here's uh, the book title. It's called I'll Tell You If I Can. Uh, we're launching it next month on Kindle Amazon. And it's an autobiography of the most interesting life that I've had as far back as I can remember, which was, believe it or not, one-year-old. And uh, it has to do with growing up in the 60s and having to do, uh, for example, with my childhood insecurities due to... um, Obesity, which is a major, major problem in North America nowadays, Uh, 60 to 70% of North Americans are obese by medical charts. I'm one of them as I sit here right now and, you know, uh, uh, admit that, but it, it stems from, you know, childhood disciplines, et cetera, et cetera. And I talk about that and how it molded me. And I'm just giving you a few hints uh, what made me the character that I am. And, and also appreciate, Neil, as you know, um, I'm multilinguistic. I'm fluent in four languages, English, French, Italian, and Spanish with no accents. And that is my blessing from God or the university degree I never had, where I'm able to communicate quite well with most people from across, uh, the planet. And, um, and that's why I wrote, I felt the need to write the book. And, uh, it's, it's, it's quite interesting, but I, I don't want to spend too much time. Uh, you'd have to, uh, that's, that's
0: another interview for the network, and that's the exciting thing. And again, you're listening and watching the Neil Haley Network. It's interesting that I named my own network. It goes back to my good friend G.J. Reynolds, where used to be called yeah. the Beach Live show that went to Simply G Radio Network. The Neil Haley Network just has a good ring because everyone still thinks of me as education. Some people think of me as celebrity, but I am the only guy out there that can interview anyone. It doesn't matter who the person is. And that is what Don Zeno will talk about more and more. And it just starts with areas that I don't have the greatest expertise in, but I'm able to listen and ask the next question. Now, this is one that shocked me. And when I first heard this, you know, uh, and now I'm going down this venture and this road with UFOs. uh, And uh, I had a guy today in Pittsburgh post something he saw a ufo i'll have to make sure i tag you in something and say speak to this guy because don zeno is not the expert expert but he's trying to be ufologist but what the guy we have as ufologist is phenomenal and the expert that we're going to have on the network's going to be interesting but tell us why you're so passionate about ufo related subject matters
2: well it's it, it started off uh as a child again which i talk about in the book I was mere, a mere five years old uh, when we st- started off with things like The Otter Limits, you know, Star Trek, uh, things of that nature. I, I was fascinated. But I, I think it comes from within because, and I, I still have this good habit, I call it a good habit, uh, at 64 years young pretty soon, uh, where before going to bed, I need to look at the sky as if I'm looking for some answers, and then I go to bed. And I can't go to bed unless I take a peek out the window every night. I've been doing this, like, for the last 55, 60 years. Unbelievable. And I'm just fascinated. I have a profound belief that we are not alone in this vast universe, uh, if, if you know what I'm saying. And I'm well connected because when I took an interest in ufology many years ago, I read up and saw many YouTube videos, read many books on the subject matter. And of course, family and friends uh, kind of uh, said one flew over the cuckoo's nest, you know, because they think, <laughs> Don, how could you be serious? I hope you don't talk about this. In, in, in public uh, or when doing business. No, I don't. Business is one thing. And remember, UFOs will not pay bills. Good business will pay bills. Always remember that. In other words, you got to be well-grounded. And ufology, by the way, has nothing to do with religions of any kind or God, because in my book, there's one God, all right? And call him whatever you want, or him or her, or of the, the the universe, there's only one God. Okay, so let's not mix. But <laughs> right. there are, according to according to uh, you know Steve Hawking's, there are literally billions of planets in our vast universe, and now uh, they're they're proving that there are multi universes. Blah, blah, blah. It's mind-boggling. You couldn't even start to imagine and figure out what's what. But uh, I I know that we've been visited by so-called ETs, extraterrestrials. We've made contact, and shadow governments are doing a damn good job up to now in the last 100 years, to say the least, to keep that a secret. Because it has to do... With uh, .0 energy controls, uh, where where you know everything is surrounded by the banking cabals, petrodollars, and so on and so forth. I don't want to get heavy because then people are going to say, "Okay, Don, who are you? Are you a call center consultant, or are you some you know ufologist that is trying to compete with the?" Re-? No, no, no. I just have an interest ufology and I happen to produce and by the way it's a go remember I told you on the French side here in Montreal there's a guy that's known as the Jacques Ballet of the Quebec uh, side and it's uh, François Cibourbeau. we finally got him on radio he'll be starting his radio show very very shortly I've been working with uh, a local radio company And it took me seven months to close this deal back and forth, back and forth. We, you know, we had to cross the T's and not the I's. Why? Because that's the way business works. You know, it's going to be a win-win situation. And Borbo is a class act. I mean, this guy's phenomenal in terms of his knowledge about paranormal and ET matters. And I like that. I'm fascinated by that. You know, and like, just like when I joke around with family and friends, I say, listen, guys, you have a hobby? He says, yeah, we, we, you know, we do this, we do that. Well, so do I. After hours, I like to chase UFOs and it's cheaper and safer (laughs) than chasing women at my age. You know what I'm saying? So they say, okay, we get your point. All right. So keep up as long as you enjoy. And I do. And and you know what? I'm hoping for one thing, and may God hear my prayers. I'm hoping to be alive when disclosure is forthcoming years away, no longer 50 years from now. I believe that within the next five to ten years, governments will have no choice but to disclose the fact that we've been in contact with ETs other life forms from other planets, et cetera. They're not gonna disclose everything because it's too dangerous for us to know everything. And and there's things that I can say on air, which I will share with you in private, Neil, and I'll give you a little hint, NORAD, N-O-R-A-D, which are very familiar, uh, you know, as per name. Uh, and these people that, you know, when they contact you, if they think you're a loser of some kind, or if they think you're a whack or a dangerous person, believe me, they would not contact you and, and give you certain informations. You
0: All right, follow? we're going we're gonna to take a quick, short commercial break and play a recent interview you did. And uh, you can tell oh. us who you interviewed.
2: Right. Okay. Thank
0: you, Neil. I appreciate it. I no, really... You should just so tell us who you interviewed, Don.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, I interviewed in my car on my iPhone, and it was uh, instinctive. It was like, um, what's the word? Impulse. Uh, forgive. I'm an Aries. And one of my pet peeves is that I've got an impulsive behavior. It was Jacques Denis, ex president, founder of Garda Quebec. Security. He's the one that founded Garda Security way back in 1977, and he happens to be my godfather. And uh, let the interview explain the rest, please.
0: All right, we'll be right back.
2: Hello, folks. This is Don Emilio Zeno, uh, co-producer and promoter for the files of the Disclosure Agency. I'm here on the road with a very dear friend of mine. Actually, he happens to be my godfather, very proudly as he was the president founder of Garda Quebec Security Company, which uh, sold out at his uh, retirement age, uh, 1999. He sold out to Garda World for a hefty amount of money. And uh, I've got him right next to me in my automobile. And it's funny, we, got, we started talking about ufos and extraterrestrials because he he knows that i believe in uh, that phenomenon and uh, i'm involved in it with the files of the disclosure agency and i just wanted to take a chance and pick his mind and see what he feels about the whole phenomenon so uh please uh welcome mr jack h denis
1: hey Jack, how are you? I'm very pleased to be here with you, Emilio. And uh, I'm very interested in talking about uh, your subject matter. Mm-hmm. Although I never experienced any kind of uh, UFOs or, of any kind, but it's always a, a mystic for me, and uh, I, I like to talk about it to answer the questions that you may ask.
2: Tell me something. Have you... Uh... Have you listened to our uh, pilot show?
1: Yes, indeed. I have uh, listened a couple. In fact, I I found it very, very interesting. Interesting, Oh, indeed.
2: Are you proud of me?
1: (laughs) I'm always proud of you. But this uh, this particularly uh, episode was very, very pleasant and very interesting and uh, rewarding. Tell me,
2: tell me something. I guess for our friends out there, I'm not going to call you Mr. Denis because they know you're my godfather. So, Uncle Jack, tell me, tell me something. Uh, do you believe that, uh, like most people, in, in the existence, I mean, you've already stated that, but why, 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 does, why is that belief system so, um, so real in your case? That, that's what I want to know.
1: Well, again, uh, I, just, I don't have any proof, but I've been listening and I've been reading about different t- options and uh, I really believe there, there are out there another existence, another planet of some sort where planet Earth is not alone in this world. There's other planets as we know, but uh, I do believe that there are another civilization somewhere. And uh, eventually, with time, uh, we'll we'll know more about all this because uh, the the more we read about it or hear about it, the more people are getting interested into this uh, situation, into this matter. I think that uh, we'll have uh, proof in the matter within the next, uh, I would say, 5, 10, 15 years at the very most.
2: Uh Just a matter Uh of time. Well, thank you, Uncle Jack, for this great testimonial. And, folks, uh, for the rest of you, I encourage you to keep on listening to files of the Disclosure Agency hosted by Victor Vigiani and his kind co-host, Neil Haley. And uh, feel free to contact us anytime should you have any opinions, uh, comments, suggestions, and or a need for advertising because... Uh, I take care of that department as well. Yeah, you advertising sponsors out there, we've got tens of thousands of listeners every week, and it could be a good place for you to, you know, uh, attract uh, people for your goods and services. Well, thank you kindly, and uh, thank you, Neil, for allowing this spot to come on. Thank you very much.
0: We're back to the Neil Haley show and the special business spotlight uh, section event. Uh, I call it now the get the total spotlight show is back. A lot of things I bring back years later because I had the ideas that I listened. Oh, you should just do it as one brand. No. If you have a mindset, you just want one radio show. I want a network. I want a yeah. network of stations and all over the world and a network of platforms. And that's what we're trying to build here with the Neil Haley network. Now now let's try to jump into the next uh, last question. Where can people reach you? Should they want to hire you as a consultant or any expertise simply wanting to advertise on future files of disclosure agency radio shows or anything involving uh, files of disclosure agency radio?
2: well they they well, first of all my my website is um, call com center spelled with an s call com or merely call me at uh, four area code four five zero number six six eight six eight five seven once again that number four five zero six six eight six eight five seven and i'll gladly or look me up through facebook or even linkedin and i must confess uh, I was very, very strong in social media, Neil, as you know. And uh, seven months ago, I got hacked, and I'm not going to get into those details. But I did get hacked, and I was in a hiatus for about seven months. And now I've restarted my Facebook and my LinkedIn account because, you know, you need social media nowadays, of course. And um, and I'm slowly rebuilding my so-called friendships.
0: So all um, right, now our last uh break before we end the show and we're yeah. i I think we should come back from that that interview really quickly or that quick short video. Kind of take us what this video is gonna be about then let's play it and come back with one question before we say goodbye
2: right thank you neil uh i I've never done this sort of thing, and I felt the need to uh a consumer alert because people have to stop going around screwing people. And I'm referring to a public company uh, that goes under the present name of Enterra Corporation, E-N-T-E-R-R-A corporation.com. And they've uh, been accused by various people of misleading, fraudulent type um practices for the longest time and they used to operate under a previous company vin compass where b-i-n compass compa whereby uh, a lot of people were uh disgruntled they've lost money they haven't delivered on their written promises and as a public company you cannot state something and not do it that is viewed as a fraud of some kind. Now, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a, a cop of any kind, but you cannot do that. And people have to stop bilking people's monies. You've got to earn money, not steal it from their pockets. So I took it upon myself to do something that was that's never been done before. And thanks to you, Neil, and I appreciate it because some other people wouldn't have had the guts to allow me to do something like that. If All you know right. what I'm saying.
0: So, so let's, I, I let, wanna, let's go ahead and play this short video.
2: Sure. Happy new year folks. Uh, today is January 7, 2019. I'm Don Emilio Zeno, president and founder of CallCentersPlus.com. CallCentersPlus.com. centers, Call centers, centers spelled with an S. And, uh, the purpose of this video is to, um, Notify, warn people that may have sustained certain losses or felt that they were um, defrauded in many ways, uh, you know, when having to deal with a company called the Enterra Corporation, E N T E R R A Corporation, formerly Vin Compass. Especially Vin Compass, it was brought to my attention that there have been numerous investors that have been defrauded because of misleading um, promises, et cetera, et cetera. Again, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a police officer. That said, we have legal that's on standby pending a police report, which is being uh, completed this week uh, by certain authorities. And then we are going to summon the alleged perpetuators intera corporation Vincompass, compass and uh, they'll have to do some serious answering as to why they did what they did which spells total non-business ethics fraudulent type um, mm. activities in the past so we want to put a stop to that and thanks to social media why not People have to stop screwing other people. They've got to earn money, not screw it, you know, out of their pockets. All right? So if you case you want to ever speak to me, anyone, especially the Intera Corporation people, you can call me 450-668-6857. Thank you for
0: caring. Well, Don, it really kind of speaks to how tough the situation has been with the work ethic you put into this company to make it a launch and success, even bringing me on board to be involved with this and then this to happen. It's disappointing to me. I've heard certain things from colleagues on my side where I was looking to promote it, and I was promoting it as well to see that some company would go out and do something to somebody like this it's just it's 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 travesty
2: well let, we let me right get, to just to uh, one last thing because you, only because you brought that point up i i wouldn't be doing any of this if i didn't have the solid facts which i've presented to our local canadian rcmp and you know uh police forces and when they saw the proofs on hand, they said, All right, we know you're serious. You're not just some bum off the street who may have lost a, a few dollars and are coming to complain to us. No, it, it's a question of having invested, you know, 15 months into the making. And I personally feel that these people took our raison d'être, our business plans. They've asked us to do numerous financial statements over and over again in order to embellish their shell company. In other words, they cleaned out their shell in order to perpetuate some other deal. That, to me, is pure fraud. Anyways, I'm going to let the securities commissions, because... As a matter of fact, the reason why I couldn't do this interview yesterday, I'm meeting people that flew in uh, that have contacts with the American Securities Commission in order to speed up the process. And they're meeting me tomorrow in order to um, get the plausible facts and so on and so forth. And this is why I thank you, Neil, for you know, advancing this interview, and and I thank you for everything else. Really,
0: you're welcome. So everyone needs to go to callcentersplus with an s That's callcentersplus with an s Check out Don and all the different social media aspects. And thanks for coming on. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you very very much,
0: Neil. All the best. All right, take care. Bye bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to Neil Haley show. On the V4 Report segment, and, you know, every time we have these conversations, Bill and I, we learn more and more about the Visegrad nations, what's the news, and how you know, Bill really has a great ownership that he sees. He wants to make sure that those four nations, even though in the time we've spent, we've seen more and more Europe becoming more like the four nations, or a couple nations, right, Bill? Like, think about the Italy transformation since we've been doing the show.
3: Oh, you know, I think of the big, there's been three big transformations. Um, first, before we, before the V4 report started, I would say, uh, or right around when we started Poland in 2015, was ruled by uh, Donald Tusk's party, uh, a liberal pro EU party that actually accepted, initially accepted the uh, forced EU migrant quotas. And then at the end of 2015, uh, beginning in 2016, the, the law and justice party conservative, uh, won the elections. Uh, and that was a, a big game changer for Poland and Visegrad. Um, and then is, is the big game changer of 2017 was Austria for years. They've been dominated by Berlin, uh, Germany and the government. There was kind of, you know, a mixture of the left and the center, right. Um, you know, and and for years they just did as as Germany demanded, kind of a soft uh, type of government. Well, um, and then Austria had had major change with Kurz uh, taking over the uh, the so-called uh, center right party, and then forming a coalition with an, an exciting uh, party. I really like the Freedom Party of Austria, uh, who. You know, I consider real conservatives, and they've been a major game changer. That was a major game changer. And then, of course, Matteo Salvini in in, in Italy in 2018 uh, was another big blow. Right, to right.
0: The- and that's what your hope yeah. is that you, you talked about the four nations that you're going to see most of Europe start to see that they're making mistakes. They're not, you know, that really if they continue to allow undocumented um, undop- immigrants and different people into the country, especially when the laws are different. I mean, in the United States, we could track a little bit better, Bill. And here they they kind of assimilate and a lot of issues occur, right?
3: Well, it, it, I wouldn't mind you. It, it's very different. Um, <laughs> the, the locations, uh, of course, the Middle East. You know, with the wars and, you know, it was destabilized even in in Libya and Africa. I mean, you know, the the proximity is is now they're flooding to Europe, Um, you know. So the United States, I know we have the southern border, but we're kind of, you know, isolated from, uh, you know, the the type of immigration going on in Europe. But uh, uh, the other, it's just immigration is a huge problem. But, you know, there's other issues, too, and it, it has to do with the definition of Europe, is Europe a, you know, is some in Western Europe want a federal, uh, a United States of Europe where, you know, countries lose their identities, they lose their culture, and they kind of sign on to this big empire the, where decisions are made in Brussels? Uh, and a lot in Western Europe want that, whereas the Central to Eastern European countries believe that the strength of Europe are the nation states and they want to keep their sovereignty uh, and they want to you know um live under the people they elect uh and you know they're there to look as the EU helping where they can kind of facilitating trade and more of an economic figure um instead of some you know uh Global giant trying to force its values on everyone in Europe. Oh,
0: yeah. And that's that's the battle. That's where the battle is. It definitely is. But I think in the United States, we're about to see the same thing, Bill. Uh, Especially, and I know that I don't know how much of a critic you are with President Trump, but ultimately, President Trump has messed up, has angered many people. And if there's a backlash, it could hurt the Republican Party and the two party system for a while to come because of how divided we are. You know?
3: Well, you know, eventually in the United States, I'd like to see another uh, two or three other parties emerge to bring some competition. Um, because if you look at the Democratic Party, they're so far left now. Uh, I mean, they're almost – you know, they have some closet communists there that have just entered Congress. It's just—it's scary. Um, but, you know, you have to get the Republican Party in line too. And that's thats why I th- I, I would like to see more than two parties Um
0: Right, but how challenging would that be, Bill? And that's, again, we're talking to Bill Rivati here on the V4 Report and uh, podcast. And Bill, I mean, seriously, how could we do that? How can we we change the system? And so many people are just living this system. Hey, I'm Republican, I'm Democrat, but I'm really out for myself.
3: Right, and the the challenge of changing the system is is the, hey, I have to vote for the lesser of two evils mentality. Um, And what happens is you... You keep voting for that party and and, and you keep getting mediocrity and and just keep getting disappointed. Uh, Sometimes you have to lose a few battles to establish your own new party. And uh, things have to get worse sometimes before they can get better. I've I've said that about Germany. In Germany, you know, they have these three parties that dominate. uh, Angela Merkel's party, uh, the Social Democrats and the so-called conservative a CSU party, but they just end up, you know, helping each other and, and, and keeping themselves in power. And, and they can't, they almost have a monopoly on power and the new parties can't break in. Um, so yeah, it, it would be a challenge to get more parties there. Um, that's the one thing I do like about Europe is, you know, they do have more than two parties and, and often you have to build coalitions and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but here it's just, okay, Democrat, Republican, it gets a little bit old.
0: All right, so let's just go right into what's new. Uh, everyone needs to go to v4report.com or check out Bill Rivati uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash v4report and also on Twitter at Bill underscore Rivati. And trust me, he'll tussle with you <laughs> on Twitter if he will get in conversations with you. He really wants to see your response and Instagram as well, Bill Ravati, But uh, yeah, a lot of places, Bill, for sure.
3: Uh, yeah I, I think right now the uh, everything originates off of facebook um you know onto the and twitter are the two major you know interaction points and then we have our our website as well v4report.com uh, in fact that's becoming more important because i had someone on twitter tell me he won't go to our links on facebook he doesn't have an account there he doesn't want an account there and so he thinks it's important for for, for me to keep posting these articles from facebook onto the uh, website which i which i agree with um you know, the big issues now, I think front and stage, you, you got to talk about, um, uh, the battle between uh, Italy's Matteo Salvini and, uh, Emmanuel Macron in France. I mean, these two countries are tearing each other apart, um, with Italy is the, is the aggressor. And, 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 you know, obviously I'm, I'm going to be in Salvini's corner. Um, but I think it is, you know, the, the arrogance of France is becoming old. I think, um, you know they've, they've tried to belittle Italy. They've, they've told them their budget's not right. They criticize them for stopping the illegal migrants coming to to the port. Yet, you know um, France wants Italy to take it, but they won't take any. So, you know you're you're getting Mario Salvini who's hitting back, and he's saying, you know, we're going to do what's best for Italy. Um, Macron's weak, uh, and you know we're going to see a big change in these elections. Um, and, you know, where the 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 pro, the anti-immigration forces are going to start taking control of the European Union. We'll see if that happens. Um, you know, I, certainly I think these elections coming up, the anti-migration forces will do well. Um, but the question is, I mean, can the EU, it's so big, it's such a monstrosity. Right, exactly. Of, can it really be reformed, or is it um, going
0: so to— the- that's that's a great question to ask your fans, yeah. uh, Bill, and that's something that when we post this on a Facebook as a video and on our YouTube channel on the video, we're going to put in the comments section three questions to ask your fans. One would be, how can we change the EU? That's for sure. How can we make sure that the EU doesn't become this juggernaut and that now Europe can start, the country, European countries can start creating an identity for themselves like they have for years in their history? Wouldn't you say? What other questions would you say, Bill, would be those kind of questions that you want to hear from Europe and hear from the anyone that's covering this stuff?
3: Yeah, I, I think the one that I'm curious is if uh, you know if, if people think that European Union can be reformed um, into something positive if if you have the right leadership, um, people in charge, or if some say with a structure like this, a super structure like this, where you know you have this this Um, you know, center influence in Brussels trying to dictate uh, or uh, all 28 states. Is is that truly – can that be reformed? Is there always going to be people looking to increase their own personal power, uh, you know, and increase the scope of the European Union to, to, you know, increase their influence? To me, that is – man is sinful, you know, we're – If we're tempted you know we're usually going to fall most you know that's just that's how man is and when there's that power there when there's a chance to grab power you know they may go for it so my idea is these superstructures um usually don't work out it's best to be governed um you know by national parliaments by people you elect people you know uh, in control your your own decision making rather than brussels uh, trying to tell the czech republic you know, what their gun, gun law should be. I
0: I think that is. And think think also about the borders, uh, Bill, think about the open borders. We think about Europe versus the United States. We are not near a lot of third world nations and nations that are at war that are that close to Europe. That's the difference. Just imagine really we don't have that in the United States. If we open our borders completely to Mexico and Canada, we wouldn't have still the situations that because of Europe's, uh, location. So the question is, yeah. How long can we deal with open borders in certain countries that are just? It's becoming crazy. It's just that's the way they know they paid these drug overlords or certain people, uh, terrorists, to get these people over to that country, to and then sneak some others off into it. Uh, I I I'm learning more and more from it, Bill, by watching Jack Ryan on Amazon. I got to see that and see exactly what you talked about on how they uh, take people across the border to another country that's safer and how. It's really uh, a bad situation. How who's who's taking them over the border?
3: Oh, I mean, the smuggling networks in Turkey. Um, I mean, they are huge, and it's it's a big profit. And they have networks. They call them schools all through the Balkans, and uh, you know the money passes, and you know there, there's there's logistics behind how these migrants move from the Middle East to Turkey to Greece through the Balkans all the way to the European Union. It's it's there's a there's a vast network of support and that has to be broken. Um and that's 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 a huge challenge. Um in fact some governments may turn a blind blind eye to it um because they're making money off it as well. And it's uh you know, but it's something that has to be broken. Um, big business and you know, you have to fight it. You can't, you have to actively fight it. Um, and like Hungary did. I mean, not only did they put up the wall, it's one thing to put up a wall, but Hungary, they enforced it. They, they had personnel there. They had cameras. They monitored it. They made sure, you know, that that wall, that they had people enforcing that wall and, and they were able to control their situation, uh, which was out of hand at one point.
0: So, yeah, uh, yeah that's true. I mean,
3: and you're right. I will tell you one thing, though. The one thing, you know, that, Europe would appreciate. I know some in Europe would appreciate, it, and and I fought these battles in in the early 2000s against the Iraq War, um, you know, against Syria, Libya. When when we, you know, United States was part of that, along with some of these powers in Western Europe. We destabilized these countries. We we you know said we're gonna we're gonna have a new regime there. Well, you know that created chaos. So that was part of the reason um, you're seeing a lot of this this migration um, you know, of course that's not the only reason. Now you have, you know, in Africa, they're just coming over for the economic benefits. It's, it's kind of a joke, but, uh, you know, um, but, you know, it's, they'd like to see, you know, these wars stopped as well. And, um, you know, and the other thing is, is there's more Syrians going back, but they're going back from the camps in Lebanon, uh, and, in and, and outside of Europe. they they're, they're quite comfortable in Germany. Germany has created the welcome, welcoming culture. And, they offer these big benefits, um, so you know naturally they don't want to leave, and that's a problem. They have to start, uh, you know, taking these uh, the, the refugees back now that it's it's relatively safe and under control in Syria.
0: All right. Again, we're talking to Bill Ravati on the v Vore Report podcast on the Neil Haley Network. And Bill, let's kind of just jump really quickly. So I guess if I'm summarizing something, bringing back, we have lots of interviews that we're going to put in the podcast network uh, to have a podcasting site for Bill to uh, so that we.